Hey guys, great to have you back. Welcome back to the Bark Side of the Moon podcast. Today's episode once again features the incredibly knowledgeable Anne Rogers. And as mentioned on previous episodes, Anne is a trainer and a behavior professional, educator, and the co owner of Anied. In today's episode, we continue on the pandemic theme where we discuss the challenges of the increasing numbers of visitors to your home and how that might look for your dog, as well as suggesting ways in which to help them. Again, this is one we know you've been asking for help on on social media recently, and we believe you will find lots of helpful advice within this conversation. Hope you enjoy. Hey, Anne, great to have you back again. Hi, Graham. Thanks a million for having me. No, that's awesome. Um, so we, we said we'd be back and here we are. Mm-hmm. And, and this time, um, another related topic in kind of discussing more visitors or more guests to the household yeah because again it's another thing that dogs just haven't experienced at all while we were being asked Mm -hmm. to stay socially distanced and all that sort of stuff (laughs) so due to that dogs have had less practice meeting and greeting visitors in their home and as a result just aren't sure exactly what to do i suppose Mm -hmm. when these encounters happen now yeah Yeah. so i'd imagine that this is super common i'm sure you're seeing it and um potentially difficult to manage yeah now that the homes are welcoming more visitors Mm -hmm. and things are opening up more birthday parties baby showers all, of all those things. kind of cool things yeah. and, and really cool things that, yeah, no, that we've all missed. Yeah. You know? Isn't it great but that we're allowed to do that again? Like we've, yeah. you know, <laughs> allowed it's, to, to it's us so in strange. Automat. It's such a strange thing. Yeah. Super yeah. strange. Yeah. But all in the meantime, your dog again, like Freaking we said out. in the first episode. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just been such a, an abnormal kind of weird way that they've maybe lived the last yeah. their lives in the last couple of years and then these things that we found normal or we're calling normality into the dog is totally abnormal yeah. so yeah they've forgotten yeah. and like that's the thing this uh, whole like lockdown could have been orchestrated by dogs like it was all the things they love <laughs> their owners were there all the time they didn't yeah. have to go anywhere people weren't coming to the house there wasn't a whole lot of visitors there wasn't people coming close to them there wasn't other dogs coming close to them. this is like was this awesome. was like invented for dogs by dogs you know you cannot convince me otherwise (laughs) they loved this and hey i'm gonna put my hands up here i wouldn't be the most sociable person so i was like okay cool i don't have to see anybody this is great and like definitely we have used it to our advantage sometimes i think definitely been the best excuse (laughs) ever for loads of things yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, for sure yeah and not just for individuals for like organizations companies everything everything. it's been used by everybody yeah so i think while everybody's maybe doing their mini celebration saying no it's going back to normal and then in the back of their brains they're like oh really yeah. i don't know there's some yeah. things i'd like to keep actually yeah yeah but at the same time at the same time like you know getting back together with people that you don't get to see a whole lot or you know yeah. particularly things like um children's birthday parties that are yeah. real events or even you know not to bring it down but like funerals and wakes and those yeah. sorts of things which oh, yeah. you know which have all any kind of social yeah, yeah which has always been such a huge part of kind of irish culture i suppose as well and probably other mm-hmm. cultures as well um it's actually such a relief to be able to do that and be in a room with real people <laughs> but yeah i know because yeah, we've gotten yeah. used to the virtual I know, thing it's um, very strange. which is yeah. really weird yeah so really just weird. like just like us being a little bit conflicted about it our dogs are super conflicted about it as well yeah bring it back to the dogs absolutely yeah <laughs> so i guess i suppose we'll start again with kind of what signs owners should be looking out for in their dogs that's the, that they're having a problem with this or they're struggling with it at least yeah so i suppose the first thing to consider is well what does normal happy comfortable dog greeting look like and i think it's a okay. good a good one to 
uh, imagine is, is what does your dog look like when they're greeting you? So when you come back in or people that you know they love, you know, like family members or, you know, familiar people that they adore, what does that look like? So they're probably yeah. loose and wiggly. There might be jumping up. Even if you don't like it, there might be jumping up because that's how dogs do this there's a lot of wiggly stuff so it almost looks like their tail is driving their body like there's that <laughs> kind of wiggly movement like that I, there might be even be some vocalizing and there might be barking to the doorbell you know or the knock or the noise of the key or whatever um but you know as soon as they see it, it's the wiggly stuff and it's it's absolutely joyous i mean you know we all love the way our it's dogs greet us. yeah yeah absolutely yeah. um and we love to do that so that's the first thing have that as your baseline in your mind and i suppose if the dog isn't doing that well then they might be a little bit concerned and that's okay you know we have kind of weird rules for dogs we expect them to welcome everybody we like but also expect them to protect the house should you know there be somebody coming over the wall at three o'clock in the yeah. morning so and we expect them to know the difference yeah, as well and dogs, when they're supposed yeah. to switch on and off right exactly and that's, the individual you know, that's not realistic mm. at all um so mm-hmm. i suppose where we're most concerned is if um the dog moves very directly towards the person without that wiggly stuff they might still be wagging their tail now i don't want to suggest that a wagging tail always means a happy dog because it doesn't it just means no. they're wound up um mm. so they can be wound up because they're delighted or they can be wound up because they want to eat you so those two things can happen um, yeah. so uh, the, <laughs> the extremes are there and everything else in between so um, mm. don't just take a wagging tail as being some sort of signal that the dog is delighted because it doesn't necessarily no, mean that that's actually a really good thing to say because mm. I, I, you, you, people do say oh yeah. his tail was wagging yeah. and then he, he, he just bit, bit. <laughs> I know, yeah, it's very so what confusing. what was that about? You know, yeah, and then yeah, they yeah. think they had this dog with this crazy neurological <laughs> yeah, problem or something. Yeah, yeah, Jekyll and Hyde. No. Yeah, 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 no, it's, yeah. And, and it's true, there's a difference between the dog doing their little everything is awesome dance when you come yeah. in yeah. As, as against the dog that's staring you down yes. and quite rigid, but that tail is going. Yeah, yeah, they're, those are kind of, that's definitely a concerned dog, a worried dog, not sure how this mm. is going to go. So that kind of very direct movement. So if it's, you know, again, think of the baseline of your normal wiggly greeting dog that's, you know, flipping around because they're so delighted you're there. So anything mm. away from that, we're going to be a little bit worried. But certainly I would say moving very directly forward, you know, everything is straight and direct towards and maybe directing a whole lot of sniffing to the feet and not really, you know, having a social interaction with the the top end of the person or and then mm-hmm. you might have the other extreme where the dog is moving away or reluctant to interact and can't really kind of warm up after a couple of mm. minutes you know so we are also might be a little bit worried about a dog that uh, gets super duper excited so over excitement yeah. as well can be a problem so if they don't kind of if they have difficulty settling after the guest has come in and you know it's all mm. calmed down that could also be uh, an issue and even sometimes they are loose and wiggly but it's a bit more frantic so they might be jumping much higher than they normally mm. would they might be much more kind of active than they they normally would so that could also yeah. be an indication that the dog is is quite stressed and it's mm. that's the way they're expressing that so yeah. um you know, dogs can be experiencing all sorts of emotions. And often, like I kind of joked before, is they can be a bit conflicted about it. They're a bit like, oh, you know, I'm excited that a person's here, but also, oh, sugar, a person's here. Um, you know, and I, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. Or, you know, is this right? Are they supposed to be here? There might be oh. some, you know, fear there. And the thing is, is that you might have a dog that you think is quite friendly or even neutral with people out and about on a walk, for example. Yeah, it's and, very different. Yeah, but it's very different when that, 
person crosses the threshold and you know mm. comes across the boundary into the up the drive or into the into the front door uh, or mm. over that threshold that can be very different um so we might you know it's not that there's anything wrong with your dog and that they have these different responses in different situations it's that behavior is contextual it happens in specific pictures for the dog so yeah. so your dog could be neutral or even friendly and quite comfortable with people that they, you know, casually, fleetingly meet on a walk or an outing or whatever, or somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm. But the the house might be a different thing for them. Um, yeah. So, you know, yeah. so that would be perfectly understandable. Um, for, yeah, for and the, the energy that the person that's coming in, the visitor yeah. That, yeah. that they're bringing, yeah. can have yeah. a big a big yeah. uh, say in, in, in the dog's reaction Absolutely. too. Uh, yeah. They could be coming upset or stressed or tired or, or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They could also, of course, in recent sometimes be wearing a mask or something like that as well yeah yeah and what's interesting is when the mask stuff started us us dog trainers were like really freaking out going oh my god dogs are going to be eating people because (laughs) we're wearing masks and actually Dogs have done super That's amazingly well. well. I know it's it's and, actually yeah, incredible. It's really yeah, strange. But it's and true. Around that same time, there was a little bit of research that came out that looked at how much dogs actually rely on using facial expressions of people mm. to get an understanding of you know um um how they're going to feel about the interaction. And that piece of research interestingly found that actually they didn't rely on facial expressions so much. So that might explain it. Uh, even though yeah. other pieces of work have looked at uh, looked at different aspects of that and have found that faces have been important to dogs. So as usual, mm. the dog research is, you know, everything, Loads in, of anecdotal everything, yeah, everything yeah. Contrad- in, uh, contradicts everything else. But certainly dogs have done amazingly well with masks. So it wasn't the massive drama I thought it was going to be. No, <laughs> Never materialized. Not. Yeah, which is, no, which is good. Definitely no, not. that's better. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know a lot of working dog organizations mm. that were definitely worried about it yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And as it's proven that really it wasn't no, an issue never unbelievably. became a yeah yeah so yeah and it, it, to me i don't know for sure of course we don't have the research to back it up mm-hmm. but you can only go in your own experience and i think for some dogs i think it, it must have some sort of an impact oh yeah yeah absolutely yeah. for some dogs yeah definitely mm. but it was also paired with a kind of a two meter uh, physical distancing thing as oh, well okay. so that might have made it you know a bit more of a comfortable it it. yeah mm. and it might have meant that dogs actually got the opportunity to get used to people with masks without them actually having to have close-up interactions with them or being touched mm. or approached by them so actually it might have happened in a bit of a perfect storm which is why we didn't see but we were certainly very worried about it and when we were writing covid policy very early on i mean when lockdown first happened in the march mm. uh, two years ago um you know one of the things we were saying i was uh, we were putting in our, our policies and procedures was that we might it might not be safe for us to wear masks because dogs could be really worried about it and like yeah. want to eat us and actually never <laughs> happened <laughs> No, no. And yeah, again, we're, we're not probably giving them enough credit because they're incredible at reading us, like better yeah. at reading us yeah. than yeah. we are at reading each other. So certainly at us reading them anyway, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but um, I suppose they would not just be looking at that. And people were, would have said, oh, you know, they won't know if I'm smiling at them. So how will you know I'm happy? You know, but obviously yeah. there's other there's parts other of the face. There's other markers. Yeah, yeah, presumably, yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, regardless, the mask thing never kind of materialized mm. as this big problem. No, as I thought thank, it was thankfully, be. thankfully, thank absolutely, I'm delighted about it. Whoever's yeah. out there, yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely. Thank, yeah. thank dog. <laughs> yeah, thank dog. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 
I can't remember what we were talking about now because we went off on the, the mask tangent. No, so, so. <laughs> we were saying the baseline was the normal dog greeting. So everything is awesome and, and everything is cool. And then but, but the dog that's going directly towards you mm-hmm. is is potentially the problem. And then a difficulty settling after the guest has come in yeah. and for people to know, I suppose, they'll they'll know their dog and uh, how much time usually they would yeah. generally settle after yeah. they've come in. Yeah. But if they're seeing that that's not happening yeah. or obviously if it's escalating and yes. getting worse. Yeah, more excited or more, you know, more behavior or way less behavior. They're more reluctant. So I suppose mm. one of the things that we tend to believe about dogs is we tend to believe that dog excitement or what appears to be excitement is always dog happiness. When yeah. actually the dog going about their business and kind of like, oh, yeah, there's guest over there, you know, like they would about the mm. sofa. You know, there's a bit of furniture over there. So they might get initially excited and then be like, oh, yeah, sure. You're just part of the background now. I'm going off over here and doing what I normally do at this time of day or in this situation so I'm going and chewing Mm. my bone or you know going into the kitchen or I'm lying in my bed or whatever it is I'm doing and that kind of soliciting attention from the guest you know particularly if it's quite frantic you know there's a lot of pawing the person or hooshing their head on the person Yeah. yeah that could be you know I would say that can be a little bit of kind of over appeasing stuff as well, which would suggest a little bit of worry as well. So it's, yeah. it's, there's kind of, amb- insecure, yeah, yeah, there's kind mm. of ambiguity about dog behavior that makes it harder for us to say in a kind of a black and white manner, yes, this is fine. And no, that's not fine. Um, so, so it can mm. be a little, there can be some ambiguity and, and we might talk to individual people about their individual dogs and in, you know, in those cases, cause there can be some kind of gray areas, a lot of gray areas, particularly because yeah. of our perception of dog behavior because we believe that everything they're doing is, is about friendliness. Um, and yeah. you know, lots of it is, but lots of it yeah. isn't <laughs> because no. dogs are thinking, feeling beings. They're not just internet memes, basically, um, yeah, yeah. that, you know, or that are kind of one trick ponies. They have lots of feelings about lots of things. Um, mm. and it can be, you know, very varied even in one individual dog. So that's yeah. a, it's a trickier one to nail down, but certainly there are some markers there. Yeah. And it's, it would be a common one as well if you've oh, got yeah. a, a dog with an excitable greeting, for yes. example, as well. And somebody comes in and it's something that they get into trouble with maybe on a regular right. basis for yeah, because yeah, yeah. They, the owner is embarrassed and it's, Freddie, get into your bed, come on, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and it becomes this really stressful thing yeah. that when people come in and, and the, the, what the people coming in might not be the issue actually might be the actual owner and yeah. what their anticipation of what the owner is going Could to do be. when the doorbell yeah. rings yeah. as well yeah. so there's a whole load of stuff yeah. there yeah yeah absolutely yeah that's a good observation i think and that would feed into that kind of conflicted feeling they're like oh i'm super excited because somebody's come in but also you know i'm kind of a bit worried about what's gonna am i gonna be in trouble yeah what's <laughs> yeah. coming next yeah exactly yeah or put outside or in the other yeah, room or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we have to be careful with those sorts of associations. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So how might this kind of behavior function for their dog? Like, you know, like I said, they're conflicted fear maybe their distance increasing they're they're not willing to come towards the person yeah absolutely yeah that can be happening for dogs definitely yeah yeah and a mix of those things i think that's what's important is that it's not just one linear thing it can be a mix of things for dogs yeah okay ultimately i suppose if you're seeing certain things like that you know that, that they're they're feeling unsafe i guess yeah it could be so and again of course it could be a house it could be a small apartment it could be yeah the area in which they are there might there might not be the distance that they need or want yeah, as yeah. well and you think, know like so. think of most greeting 
the kind of areas are usually hallways and stuff like that. So it can mm. be very narrow, narrow you know, yeah. and that doesn't always work for, you know, for dogs um, no. because they just don't have enough space to, and it doesn't work for people either. You're kind of crowded by the dog as well. So it's kind and of it's, everybody's tense. It can tense. be so frantic. Yeah, yeah. And it can all be a little bit kind of worried. And particularly if the person isn't terribly confident with dogs, for example, mm. or they're super confident with dogs and they want to, you know, mm. conduct some training immediately. That can all be a bit <laughs> much that can happen too. And oh, that God. can all be yeah. a bit much. And it comes back to that kind of, um, you know, conflicted feeling, which I think is a lot of the stuff that we see when dogs are kind of showing that over appeasing behavior or that what looks like that excitable behavior. I think a lot of that is is fueled by that kind of inner conflict where the dog is torn between more than one kind of motivational factor. You know, it could go either yeah. way and they're not sure what's going to happen. And it generally starts with, you know, like the doorbell sound or the door knocking mm. sound or seeing somebody approaching the house you know there's very specific things that start that off and that starts a cascade of responses for the dog then from you know yeah predicting how they're going to feel in this situation and that you know kind of they can anticipate that this is going to happen and that of course brings about the behavior um mm. then or the behaviors that we're going to see then as soon as the person crosses the boundary basically um and then yeah. they're, they're in the room and it's all kicking off <laughs> Yeah. And you hear people say, oh, during the day, God, he never, never settles. He's always alert and yeah. watching everything. And then as soon as it's evening time and and, and we're all here, that's the end of it. He sleeps yeah. for the rest of the evening. Yeah. And of course, that's again, another particular, usually the dogs obviously piece it together. All right. When everybody's here, I either feel safer. Maybe that's the reason why, but also that maybe there aren't callers yeah. to the yeah. house after a certain time. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. These and are I, all I think that's predictors. a really good yeah. um observation to make that, you know, there is this kind of constant up and down of stressors over the day for a dog that we probably yeah. don't think are massively stressful, but actually combined are mm. a big deal for the dog, you know. So like if you think about people going out, people coming back in, and if it's a family home or you know, there are several um adults living in a home, um, there can be a lot of comings and goings, and each one of those causes an emotional spike for the dog and if that's going on a lot that can be really difficult for the dog because the dog may not have had enough time between each of those to recover and to come back down and to chill again and then it's happening again so door activity generally is very kind of arousing for dogs so you know it's basically stressful for dogs Uh, Mm. even if it's people that they love coming back in that Mm. just that getting wound up and those those stress responses which are you know what are behind those excitement responses and that kind of you know is cumulative so you know Mm -hmm. it can be that everybody that's come in the dog has loved and then the sixth person to come in is actually somebody the dog doesn't know so they have a much bigger response then um to this kind of unfamiliar person than they might have otherwise so that's i think that's a really valuable observation to make that there can be a lot of comings and goings throughout a day and that can wind dogs up definitely yeah well it certainly can wind the humans up so it definitely is winding up the dogs yeah and i would presume as well then the the age of the dog and the stage of um their development would impact on yeah it can be i mean you know all of these things that we're talking about definitely we tend to see uh we tend to talk about behaviors of concern in relation to adolescent dogs more than we do Mm. at any other stage and that's for lots of reasons um we tend to think that puppies are compulsive greeters and that they love everybody um and certainly it can appear that way but remember that kind of excitement stuff can actually be a little bit of conflicted stuff and and they're not really sure with puppies are so hard to read yeah Yeah. and they don't well they don't have fully fledged communication systems so Mm. they don't they're not 
necessarily terribly good at uh, communicating how they feel or knowing how to feel either because they're not terribly experienced with the world um so um because we tend to frame everything that puppies do in relation to them being joyful and excitable and stuff like that that's the way we see it as well and mm. as they become adolescent so adolescence starts with about five and a half months so they're puppies for you know such a short period of time and then they're teenagers for years um, just like children yeah. <laughs> um, and um, um they become better at communicating their needs so it's a little bit clearer so people will say oh they aggressed out of the blue as a teenager but actually the signs mm-hmm. were there they just weren't terribly good at uh, expressing them and, so we did see it. and of course they're bigger and louder and stronger as teenagers so the behavior might be more noticeable and might more yeah, might be more, more concerning uh, mm. to the pet owner as well. So um, adolescence brings all sorts of fun and games for no matter the species. <laughs> so yeah, 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 all of the the the. The difficult stuff can crop up in adolescence as well with dogs. You see it all the time. You have the little smallies running down the driveway barking at people as yeah. they're passing, and and people will kind of laugh at that and yeah. think, "Oh God, I don't want a mad little dog or whatever yeah. it is." But if a Labrador does it, it's different yeah. or something. It's totally different, you yeah. know. But it's yeah. the exact same response or yeah. very similar and um, yeah. same behavior. Yeah. So just as concerning when it's a, when it's a little smallie. But from the dog's point of view, absolutely the experience is similar. And the dog, the mm. small dog might actually be kind of more demonstrative because they are not mm. listened to as well as, you know, if a 20 or 30 kilo dog growls at you, you're moving away. If a five kilo mm-hmm. dog growls at you, people tend to giggle, um, you know, yeah, so, the, so they feel they have to yeah, escalate. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the little dog feels that they have to shout louder to get the same results mm. and also they're teeny tiny so somebody who's you know even somebody who's short like me you know yeah. that's still huge to to still a giant to the little dog um so it's even yeah. you know scarier i suppose um yeah uh, to them and so yeah. frustrating for them because they're physically yeah. removed more as well from situations or physically put into situations more when they're smaller yeah just because uh. they can be just because we can do that yeah so yeah. people people will kind of you know say disparaging things about small dogs you know they'll you know talk to the, talk about them being you know napoleon kind of complexes or whatever yeah, small, uh, small yes well yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> as a small human i'm taking personal events to that <laughs> but, That's what, but you hear it all the time yeah, and especially know, it's usually man syndrome it so, is yeah, at yeah, least that yeah yeah, yeah because it's <laughs> yeah. usually men in fairness i'll get you into trouble now yeah. <laughs> but certainly um the you know the small dog definitely can have a harder time because they just tend to have a they're not listened to as well uh, as, yeah, as big dogs are. Yeah, 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 exactly. But they're having the same experience. So they are just as freaked out and possibly more than the bigger dog. Um, mm. And it's just a scarier, conflicting experience for them as well. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah. So so what can kind of people do to help their dogs feel more comfortable, I suppose, when these kind of things are happening then? So I guess it depends. We've talked about the real variation that we see in the mm-hmm. response. So I guess it depends on that. I think it's a good idea regardless that um, you set up some sort of barrier between your do- your living space or where your dog spends time and the external doors. And that can just be for safety. But it also mm-hmm. means, you know, so like uh, dog trainers can't stand open plan living. And I know it's all the rage and like... <laughs> we get called and it's like oh god please have doors please have rooms um, because it just makes life so, much, makes easier. so much easier yeah 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 to manage yeah. dog behaviour so if that's not the case because open plan is you know so popular and particularly mm. like with apartment living and stuff like that you know it's yeah. become such a thing and um, so we have mm. to come up with some other sort of routine and like I love baby gates I think baby gates should actually 
be just part of like they should just come with your dog as part of the part kit of the puppy pack. Yeah, yeah yeah because yeah. they're so um useful and um, we can put mm. them in places and it means you know some dogs will be totally fine behind a baby gate and mm. be able to chill and you know not be freaked out but some dogs might be really worried by um an unfamiliar guest um a person uh, or the mm. person might be really worried by the dog yeah, uh, yeah. too um so have they might have to be behind a closed door so i think it's a good idea to have an area set up uh, where your dog can be, where they're safe um, mm-hmm. and people coming in are safe and everybody's safe from the open door and all those sorts of things. And it's important that we use that area and make it a nice place at other times too. So it's not just yeah. when there's guests in that we're putting the dog in there and hooshing them in there. That's and really kind of isolating important. Them. Yeah. yeah, so we make it a nice place where yummy things happen. So they might have a snuffle mat in there. We might hide uh, food or toys for them to find. We might make sure they have choosing it. We might spend some time with them in there um, mm-hmm. regularly so that it becomes a nice place for them to be and they don't, you know, only go there when the terrible monsters have have come into the house you know so i think regardless having that area for safety is important for dogs and then after that what we do with that and how we go where we go with that then depends on the dog's individual comfort and i would say that you know where dogs are okay and it's just very exciting at the at the beginning when a guest comes in and then they're kind of okay once they've reached them and can move on with their lives I think the best thing to do is to confine the dog in that safe place and bring your guest in get your guest settled so god love them they can get in the door without you know <laughs> the full force yeah. of the the, the 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 greeting dog and then bring the dog in and let them do all those sorts of things and I think one of the most important tips here is because sometimes people have go the other route is to is that you have the treats for your dog not your mm. guest now no. and the reason reason for this is is that we don't want our dog if they're a little bit conflicted or worried by Mm. the unfamiliar person we don't want them going up to the person to to get the food but actually Mm, being quite worried when they get there and that can cause them more distress and uh, and more concern so it's a better idea that when guests are in their human their own human makes the chicken happen or the treat happen or whatever and just teeny tiny mm. bits scattering it on the floor so that the dog learns that guests are here but there's chicken on the floor for that i could be sniffing out um and you can use your lead you can have your lead mm-hmm. on your dog you know just on the collar you don't have to do the whole get up um just mm-hmm. so that uh, you know you've a little bit more control of things and your dog doesn't get to you know jump all over them or whatever um mm. and you uh, you can have your dog settle on lead with maybe a stuffed toy with something yummy in it so that guests just become part of the normal kind of background um mm. you know that uh you know that just happens and it's all okay and i can go over here and work on my toy and it's not a big deal uh but mm. but where we have dogs where it's a little bit uh more of a response there's a little bit more of a complex response i suppose mm-hmm. uh, we might put a specific guest greeting routine in place and one of yeah. the things that i'll often do with people is is i'll teach them to have their guest text or message or whatever uh, i think i don't think people text anymore do they show my age the young people <laughs> what do the young people do um, i but, think just people call it whatsapp and oh now, yeah but there's but there's yeah i mean yeah yeah, it's just messaging, but I think still call it text. So I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. you're old too. So it's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we're, 
we're not yeah. the cool and trendy ones anymore. We're not down with no, the kids not anymore. Down with the kids anymore. No. The youths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so have your guests message. You see, uh, message mm-hmm. before they come, and to wait outside. You know, and even yeah. wait outside on the street, uh, mm-hmm. and bring your dog out on lead, and kind of circle around the guest, and have the guest walk in first, and sit down and settle, and then bring the dog in behind them. And that mm-hmm. can sometimes. I'm not saying always, uh, because we know there's great variation here, and there's nothing black and white about it. But that can sometimes help them because the guest isn't coming in on top of them. We didn't have all those triggering uh, stimuli, so the doorbells and the You've person coming a up. Lot. Right, yeah. and also we've introduced them outside where they feel like there's more space, and they can gather some information. They can obviously gather visual information, auditory information, olfactory information about the person. Mm-hmm. You know, before they come into the tighter space where Safely. all their stuff is. And at their, yes, uh, yeah. yes, and they can yes. choose the distance Absolutely. themselves. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah. we're trying to keep the lead loose, and then we get the guest to come in and settle, and the, we just bring the dog in and kind of quite nonchalantly you know we don't make a big deal out of it this guest is here and they're just going to be part of the furniture now and i'm going to give you chicken over here and even if they, the dog only stays in the room for 30 seconds getting chicken and then is brought out well that could be you know quite a successful meeting for that dog and can help them and it's not necessarily that we have to do this stuff forever but mm. certainly now that we're kind of on this re-entry period um yeah. that you know we're, we're just starting this even to prevent there being any sort of tension yeah. and craziness exactly. going on yeah which is, is even more valuable um, mm. than you know waiting for stuff to happen and then backtracking i suppose yeah. but i think the important thing here is don't have your guests feeding your dog mm. that's a really important one because yeah. many times i've heard people say that that results in a bite or uh-huh. an attempted bite or something like that. Yep. And again, everybody thinking they're doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. They're almost getting it right. Almost getting mm-hmm. it right. We just have to, we have to, usually we're just refining what people are already doing. And it's like what we talked about before as well, is that none of this stuff is intuitive. We actually mm-hmm. have to learn this stuff. Um, so, you know, you're not making a mistake because, you know, your instinct, your dog behavior instinct didn't work properly. That's not a thing. We actually mm-hmm. have to learn about this stuff. So that's what yeah. this is about, I suppose. That's what this is about. Constantly learning. Yes. Mm. Oh, same. Don't talk to me. God, it's exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the main thing is to be opening, open yeah, to it, and absolutely. that's the hardest thing for all of us at times. Absolutely. Yeah. I know. Agreed. So, uh, yeah, definitely don't have the guests uh, feed the dogs, no. and then I suppose with the added layer of maybe children uh, oh, being involved as yeah. well. You want to talk a little bit about that? Well, that just makes it harder because children are less predictable. Um, they might be just as excited to see the dog um, mm. as the dog is excited to see them. And yeah. dogs can be freaked out by children. Children do a lot of stuff that get dogs wound up or worry dogs. They're kind of loud and they move around. And it's not to say that children are doing anything wrong or dogs are doing no, anything wrong. They're just being themselves. Yes, mm. it's normal child behavior. It's normal dog behavior. And sometimes that doesn't mix particularly in greeting situations so i think they're you know we're definitely been talking to a lot of pet owners who are now having you know they're making up you know uh, play dates and birthday parties and all those sorts of things that their kids of course have missed terribly over the last two years i mean there's you know, this is awful. Yeah, really important oh, stuff gosh, developmental yeah. wise Absolutely. for them too. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, children are learning how to be in other people's houses as well, because there's a lot of kids that haven't had that practice. Mm. And, you know, there's a certain etiquette and kids are kind of brought mm-hmm. around to these days, part of socializing children. Um, mm. And uh, and they've missed out on that as well. So, so you know, I've been advising a whole lot that dogs go and maybe board for a couple of days if there's a mm. party going on and things like that, or 
where that's not possible for for various reasons we might have we might set up a a, a room upstairs or another yeah, part of the house definitely. or mm. um something like that where we're going to start practicing now teaching the dog how to chill there and how to bring the dog down without you know drawing a whole lot of attention to him and um, you mm-hmm. know kind of you know having some backup plans in place and things like that just in case we need to to get them out obviously because they'll need to go to the toilet or whatever uh, or they'll need a break and, and things like that um so that's definitely been co- becoming a, a big part of that and i would say that if you have kids particularly smaller kids so nine ten or, or under uh, so smaller bodies basically mm-hmm. um and you're gonna have play dates again and things like that i think it's a really good idea to have a chat with uh, a professional uh trainer mm-hmm. behavior professional about how we plan for that and look at your dog's uh, comfort level and your your individual dog's greeting behavior and see well mm-hmm. what do we need to have in place here but i think Almost all dogs are going to benefit from space from that, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I don't know of any, maybe. That, yeah. <laughs> that would be like, yeah. oh, cool. That would be delighted to be in the middle Let's of that. Let's have this. Mm. They, they would be in the middle of us. Yeah. They certainly yeah. wouldn't be delighted with us yeah. in most cases. Yeah. Like yeah. my dog would be super, super excited to be in the middle of that. Like he's definitely a small child's dog, you know. But, yeah. <laughs> oh God, like a boy's dog. I mean, he's just, you know, that's his joy <laughs> in so life. Cute. Oh, lunatic. <laughs> but he will definitely get overexcited in that situation really quickly. And I know that that's not you know delight that's like whoa this is getting overwhelming now yeah it's, over uh, yeah, it's a lot yeah. it's a lot happening now so we can do it for a couple of minutes but then we're, we're going to be taking a lot of breaks then from there um mm. and you're going to have a, a space where you're going to hang out instead um yeah. but you know i would say most dogs that would be their the tolerance level and then it's worsening after that then i would say for the most yeah. part so i think it's a a better idea if we're talking about kids particularly in this kind of situation now that we've, you know, there's a lot of dogs that have never had unfamiliar children in the house, for example, never no. had more than one or two or whatever resident children uh, present. No. So, you know, that can just bring a whole bucket of trouble uh, yeah. your way. So it's a lot for everybody. Like it's a lot for all the adults. I mean, yeah, never mind. Of course. No, it's super yeah. stressful. And yeah. I'm just thinking there as well. I mean, every, second or third person you've met that they, they've now got a dog too mm-hmm. so now yeah. they're coming to parties and maybe they're bringing their dog too oh, yeah. because hey you know my dog's a dog and your mm. dog's a dog let them maybe yes. they, they surely be friends mm. let's just throw them in and see how they go yeah yeah so that's a whole other yeah dimension whole other complexity <laughs> and actually that's another thing that people are saying that you know a couple of years ago if they had dog friends over their dog was fine you know appeared fine mm. um and now a couple of years have passed and dogs are more mature and they haven't had yeah. guests of any species to the house it's yeah. a lot and we're having a lot more that kind of scuffling and and stuff like that which just adds to the drama <laughs> if you've kids and every everybody else yeah. in the mix it's just it's a yeah. lot it yeah, really is a lot for everybody yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and so little uh, and another one i know you mentioned before the doorbell game, as you, as you called it, I suppose, is yeah. so with simple that one, thing that, that people can do. That's a really simple one. And actually what we do is right now, um, the doorbell or the sound of the door, whatever it is, knocking or whatever. And if you're in an apartment, mm-hmm. it's the buzzer or whatever it is. And for some people, it's even their phones because they know that people coming um, mm. message, so the ping in the phone. But whatever the thing is that tells the dog guests are coming, that right now cues or triggers certain types of behavior. So it cues how they feel about um, guests or the 
excitement or the fear or whatever it is that they're experiencing. But we can actually teach the dog that that actually cues the dog to go into their kind of safe zone and mm. engage with the sniffing game. So what I tend to use is I'll use a snuffle mat, which is kind of just a mat with kind of they're lots great. of material. Yeah, they're fantastic. You um, can make them yourself as well. Yeah, you can if you've like nothing else to be doing with your time absolutely you never get this time back just remember that <laughs> i'm not i'm not crafty like that so i'm like oh god how can i do this no quicker? but just for people you know like i was saying to people like it's obviously great toy like it's probably the best time ever you know it's really handy and i've actually yeah i like so much enrichment yeah. out there now for dogs yeah, but it's yeah. expensive and they've, yeah they've surpassed yeah that's correct they've surpassed like snuffle mats have um surpassed my kind of uh, reliance on other kind of food dispensing toys because i just mm. find that even a dog that's really experienced with them still has to go sniffing to find the stuff because it's you know it's it's that challenge all the time and sniffing mm. of course is a good behavior because it helps to keep dogs um, um, kind of absorbed um, mm-hmm. and also um, kind of helps them calm as well so it helps them come down from all of the, the excitement so teaching yeah. them that a recording of the doorbell to start with and I will usually mm-hmm. start in the hallway so the dog can see that there's nobody there uh, mm-hmm. with a recording of the doorbell or just a random doorbell sound off YouTube or whatever because all the sounds of all the weird things are on YouTube and uh, just playing that and then loading your snuffle mat so your dog soon starts to go oh doorbell sound check my snuffle mat uh, where's the stuff that's supposed to appear there there. and then we can start to move that you know the snuffle mat goes into their kind of safe area so soon when the dog hears the doorbell and um, they go running to their snuffle mat and we just don't have the same drama and stress of trying to corral everybody um, mm. and get everybody into the where they need to be before you can answer the door so it does take a little bit of practice obviously we can't do it on the day um, yeah. but uh, but it's actually a straightforward one to teach actually uh, and yeah. quite a fun one because you can make it kind of a fun game Everything, uh, with your dog get, get yeah. involved with it as well and it's probably good that everybody gets involved because not the same the same person doesn't answer the door all the all time all the course. time exactly yeah. yeah good point yeah exactly so yeah. you can get everybody involved and, uh, and and having fun with that one so that can be a good one to do yeah definitely okay cool and so the same question as before i suppose <laughs> so when should people ask for professional help for their dog um, I suppose like ask for help anytime is what I would say first yeah. of all and it might be a thing mm. that I just send you videos or instructions how to play doorbell game for example or set up baby yeah. or whatever um, or you know if we're talking about a dog that doesn't kind of warm up within a couple of minutes or isn't um, able to kind of calm themselves after the guest has kind of settled um, and if they have a very big response initially that can you know kind of spread out and and become more part of their general way of greeting or interacting with the person um, and if the the dog is kind of fearful if they're showing fearful related behavior so that that could be that could go two ways so that can be the dog appearing to aggress towards the person so if you can't get away from the scary thing try and scare the scary thing away from you um, or mm-hmm. it could be that the dog is going and hiding or is very reluctant to interact and takes quite a while um, to recover or to warm up and I would say that those that's probably they're probably more urgent situations where you probably need some professional help at that stage mm-hmm. but ask for help at any stage uh, or even if you're just curious about you know this is what my dog does you know do you yeah, think there's an issue here sure. right exactly yeah. um, and we'll you know what I'm always suggesting is can you film it can you film it send yeah, me a video yeah. of it um yeah. and we'll have a look at the video of it and uh and we'll we can discuss them what the best way forward is then mm. um yeah from there yeah definitely cool cool brilliant again really really awesome to have you on and and some really easy stuff that people can actually start doing from today with their dogs you know really really cool and thanks for for coming on again not at all anytime
Yeah. Thanks well, we'll have me. you on again very shortly. <laughs> <laughs> Good news oh, for no you. Escape. Good news for me. Bad yeah, news for you. No, I don't know. Yeah. No, 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 we're we're both on a similar mission. We just want to, yeah. to help as many people as possible. And this is the best way we can do it right now. So we'll be definitely back soon with another related topic. Uh, but thanks again, Anne. Great, great, to, great to have thanks you on. Talk to you again Talk soon. soon. Bye. Thanks. Bye. bye. Thanks again so much for listening today, guys. And I trust that you found that information helpful. Anne will be joining me again very soon to discuss more of the topics you've been asking for recently, such as how to help your dog be more settled at home while you work from home. If you enjoy the show, remember to please subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review, and recommend it to your friends and family to help us reach and help more people and their doggies. Also, please give us a follow on Twitter at BarksidePod to help grow our online community. If there are topics you would like to hear us cover in future episodes, please share those with us on social media or simply mail us at barksidepod at gmail.com and we will do our very, very best to cover those as soon as we possibly can. Look after yourselves and your doggies. Thanks again for joining us and we look forward to seeing you here again very, very soon.